All right, five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 15, we got Pat Milano in the lodge. Pat, what's going on, man? Thanks, buddy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Been looking forward to this. Dude, me too. I'm glad uh, we got ourselves a date, planned it out, got you over here, and just in time, you're launching a new article uh, today. What's I the am, of it? yes. Uh, so basically, this one is about uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, for those who don't know, Kyler Murray is the recent Heisman Trophy winning quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. And for those who also don't know, he was just recently drafted last year in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft by the Oakland A's. Signed a contract with them, $4.6 million signing bonus. And part of that contract was that Oakland A's were going to allow him to play his final year at Oklahoma so he can get his final year of football out, be ready to... Uh, rock and roll when it comes to spring training time. So he was supposed to report to spring training in February, next month. Now he is considering entering the NFL draft, which right up front doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to play baseball. But what will happen is if he decides to choose football over baseball, he's going to end up forfeiting that signing bonus. But then a lot of people are wondering, is this really a smart move for him? Hmm. You know, we we look at the injuries that football players have, the the shortness of playing career, and the money they don't have guaranteed. Contract and the health the issues. And the health, yeah. After that's you it. retire, yeah. That's what everyone is thinking. Like, why would he do this? You know, it's he's gonna play less time for less money. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the um, the baseball uh, contract market is much more inflated than the football market. Like, he has a better chance of making more money in the MLB as oh, opposed absolutely, to the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I put this in my article as well. So, another, there have been a couple two-sport athletes in uh, college football and baseball that have chosen one route or the other. One that has stood out to me uh, is Jeff Samarja. I don't know if you remember, he was the wide receiver at Notre Dame. Everyone thought he was going to be a stud wide receiver. Decided mm-hmm. to go with baseball instead. So, I put this in my article. So, for those who definitely want to read it, please, please do. He has had a subpar uh, career baseball-wise, but he has netted up to this point $83 million. And wow. he is owed another $36 million over the next two years. No kidding. But, yeah. I mean, there's your case in point right there. That, that, that alone right there. The, the guy is going to make $100 million so over let me, the next two years. let me ask you, what do you think is alluring him to the NFL? Is there a certain market that's due to pick up a quarterback that you think he's eyeing? No, like- I mean— I think he just – he said that if he could play both, he would. I mean, he, he just has a natural love for both sports, it seems. But I don't know. I think we're never – I don't think we're ever going to see a two-sport athlete like that again. We're not going to see the Bo Jacksons of the world. We're not going to see Deion Sanders. I mean, again, I also put this in my article. Bo Jackson is probably the the guy that everyone knows who succeeded at both. It was an all-star yeah. in both, both leagues. He has even said if he knew now in terms of the injuries that he was going to get then – he would have chosen baseball, 100% over football. I'm sure of it. And he's already said, like, his kids are not playing football with all the CTE scares and the injury risk. Like, he chooses baseball. See, that's that's what makes football so football and baseball so interesting to me is, um, you know, I love football. I, I know I love football. Oh, I know you love absolutely. football. We have a whole group of friends who we go to the fucking bar and watch football. Absolutely. And every single one of us seem to have the same thought of we fucking love this sport, mm. but God damn it, our kids are not fucking playing this game. I'm a little. Cause You're a little more I, lenient. I played football though, so like I would like That's to see my kid different. play. But my number one sport, my kids when they get older, or at least my sons, my daughters will play softball. But mm-hmm. my sons can be baseball. I mean, if they, I don't know if I necessarily want them to commit a, a career in football because of that. Mm-hmm. Do I want them to play it at some point? They're like, yeah, but. Well, I definitely want my kids to play football the way we played football. Oh, that's happening. You know, 100%. Our, yeah, I'm you know playing what I'm with them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. We, we're going to be go. playing with them. We're going to have some <laughs> oh, fun that's a, games. That's, how that's when we're going to show them what's up. Oh, my God. That's going to be like, fun. Like, oh, you want to play with your old man? Oh, uh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, man. That'll be fun. But, okay, so let me let me rephrase that. We're more of the thought of we'd rather our kids play baseball oh, rather absolutely. than football. Absolutely. I mean, baseball was, is my favorite sport. That's my number one. I want to see my kids excel. Uh, and love the sport that I love growing up. That's still love now. So that's me. Yeah, well, that's that's no surprise. Since yeah. I've known you, you've had a very romantic relationship yep. with baseball. baseball now, where is... does that stem from? All right. So basically with my love for baseball, it goes back. To, I started really 
paying attention to the game when I was about five years old. I started really playing when I was about three. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really made me fall in love with the game is you would probably remember this. Remember when we were in uh, Little League, we used to do uh, Shade A. Yes, absolutely. The first, the first year that we did it, we were on the same team together. I remember that, Ed coach, Metzger. Coached by the great Ed Metzger. We were the, the Mets. great Ed Metzger. We were the Mets. Um, this first year, what had happened, what we ended up doing is we ended up, before the game, going onto the field, getting trophies. I remember we this. stepped out yeah. of the outfield wall. We looked around. We couldn't touch mm-hmm. the magic grass. We couldn't touch the magic That's what they kept saying. It's magic grass. Don't touch it. I looked around that stadium. I saw the field. I looked at just, just the ambiance of the entire stadium, and it just hit me. I fell in love with the sport right then and there. You know? Shea Stadium was my home. I was going there constantly when we were kids. Which, to to put it in perspective, I mean, we were, what, five, six years old yeah, probably at that five time? Or six. I mean, we we played the game of baseball. We understood what it was. We understood what a field looked like. Yep. But all we'd ever played is with those fields down at Camp Avenue, those yeah. dirt fields. And then we come out onto this outfield grass, this awe-inspiring Beautiful, the, beautiful sight. The gra- the ma- it was magic grass because it it's cut perfectly. Mm-hmm. There's a freaking we've Mets never, logo in center field. We've never seen anything like that. No, you never no. seen anything like that. that. And that's the other thing is, for a lot of us, those were our first baseball games. Yep. You know? Yeah, I believe it was mine. I believe that was my first or second game. It's the game. earliest game I can remember. Yeah, it really you is. You know? So, you know, I'm with you that it left a very profound effect Absolutely. on me. I hope they still do things like that with City Field. I don't know if they do. Um, they they don't do the trophy ceremony ceremonies like they did. I think they okay. only did it a couple times when we were there, but they still do. You get to walk around the track, do the, uh, the little little leagues are still involved. Yeah, little leagues are still involved. That's that's good. That's, that's, good. that's the important thing because that's that's how you're going to keep them coming back. Well, that's one thing I think City Field and the New York Mets organization actually does really well off the field is they yeah. make it about the kids. They do. You know, they, they want to give the kids a special magical experience because mm-hmm. then it keeps you know. And I'm not even saying this from like a, a business standpoint, but you know, it, it keeps the business going because then you pass it on to your kids. You want your kids to have that magical, awe-inspiring experience. And, you and know? that's and that's become such a big fear with a lot of people now. Well, yeah. a lot of people within uh, the sport is that they're not catching that younger audience anymore. You know, the, the younger viewership is going it. down. Well, one thing that's going to hurt all sports is the emergence of esports. Mm-hmm. Because, yep. like, when kids are young, one thing that they love and can get really good at quick is video games. Yep. So yep. watching professional video games would make a kid uh absolutely lose it yeah i mean you look you at know? a lot of kids now they're on youtube just simply watching a video of someone else playing a video game because they want to do that that's what they want to do yeah you know those what is it what's his name uh ninja ninja fortnite, plays fortnite. kids yeah. love just mm-hmm. watching him play and this guy gets paid he gets paid a shit ton of money doesn't I, he oh i think it's what is it I don't I, know i'm, I'm probably figure. butchering this but i have a stat I'm going to be conservative with it mm-hmm. he makes like 10 there are some episodes where he makes ten thousand dollars an hour that's an just, hour from sponsorships and if shit I'm like that. I'm a kid that. now. You, yeah, that's just. Yeah, you can't tell me that's not the dream. Like, come you on. You know? Um, but that's what's crazy. It's not even just kids watching them. You know? No, you, no. It's, adults are watching it. Any, exactly. Anyone who likes it, you know, who likes the game that they're, mm-hmm. he's playing is, is watching it. But I think that's one thing esports is actually going to have a problem with. It's like you see the way you describe that awe inspiring experience of mm-hmm. seeing the New York Mets live mm-hmm. being on that field. I don't see an avenue for esports to inspire that same feeling, at least right now. Yeah, right now, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I don't see Like, I if mean, Nintendo had a Disney World yeah. and they hosted esports tournaments there, mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Because maybe you walk to the stadium and you see a Mario mascot yeah, and I shit, think, you know? I think they do have some tournaments, but not not in the sense that we're, we're thinking of what it, they should do in order to gain yeah, to, to, to do that, like to, that, to inspire that same awe that we had as children right. when we went to go see the New York Mets. Yeah. Which, and that just goes for any sport, really. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, We're just speaking from anecdotal yeah, experience. Absolutely, but absolutely. it can be applied to going to see the Jets. It can be applied to the Islanders, Rangers, yeah, whatever your flavor is. But yeah. while we're on the New York Mets, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. You're very excited for this new baseball season. I'm now, just... I know you're a baseball fan before yep. you're a Mets fan. Yep. But is any of that excitement because you think Brody's doing a good job this offseason? Does that have anything I mean, to do with it? Regardless of who the GM is for the Mets, the Wilpons are still the owners. <laughs> and true. I mean, anybody could probably go into that GM spot and and do what Brody's doing because he only has the money and he only has the leash that probably Brody has been given. But he's making some moves that are making people happy. And then he's I, aggressive. He is aggressive. That's what I like about him. And I don't know if you saw this earlier. This happened just a couple hours ago. Is this David Wright? No, no, no. Well, that's another. We big, can touch on that next. We'll touch on that next. Go into what you're going into. Mets just did make a signing. 
earlier today. What they, like, they get? A couple hours ago. Jed Lowry. What? Second baseman. All-star second baseman infielder. Jed Lowry. Two years, $20 million. I have to process that. I did, this is this is breaking news for me. This no, this is before. breaking news for me. I mean, when did this happen? This happened maybe a couple hours ago. Yeah, I've been home. I've been disconnected from the fucking world. Ah, oh, well, there you like, go. You know. I was shocked um, too. I ended up. I got. A, wow. I got. A, I got a text from a buddy. He goes, "Hey, you like the move?" I go, "What move?" I look at it and I go, "Oh shit, you Jed Lowry." Jed Lowry. I like the move. I like the move. It, it gives How you more depth. How old is he? Uh, I think he just finished up his age thirty-five season. Okay, so he's but, older. But. Yeah, only a two-year deal, so that's... It's only a two-year deal. He was an all-star last year. I think he batted about 267 and 99 ribbies, and he was a four-win player last year. Now, I know a lot of people probably aren't big with the Sabre metrics now. I used to be like that, too, but I'm, I've become more... The game's changed. The game's changed. The game has changed. I like the wins above replacement stat. I mean, it may not tell the whole story, but it does give you a little idea. And the way I see it is... The wins above replacement basically says this guy gives you X amount of wins more than his than anyone yep. else in that position. Jed Larry gave you four additional wins. I like that. He is, I think, one of the better second basemen in the league, regardless of his age. And I think now with the addition of him, and we have Robbie Cano. I was gonna say what? Yeah, I was go for it. You, you seen we to be have on the track. we have two of the better second basemen in the league, in my opinion. I mean, they're not. So neither of them are Ozzy Albies. So what are we doing with what are we doing with Jed Lowry? Is he on the bench? Is he utility? Well, like now you wonder if there's another trade coming on. You know, I know the Mets might be trying. Can Jed to dump play some somewhere contract. else? Can he play somewhere else? He plays, he's played third. He's he played came third. up as a shortstop, so he gives you insurance. He's we didn't have a backup shortstop. Mets didn't have a backup shortstop. So he's. A, so it seems they're definitely going to use him, and they have the ability to use him in normal in. Numerous positions. Second, rather. short, third. I don't see him playing first. I saw some people on Twitter thinking that he can play He's first. He's not going until, to first. That's that a, makes a no sense. They seem to be investing in Alonzo for that. Well, now that they have depth and they want to make sure that Alonzo gets that additional year by holding him back a couple weeks, they can do that now. Mm-hmm. Put Frazier at first for the time being. Lowry at third. Up the middle, you got Rosario and Cano. That holds off Alonzo until he gets that additional year, which yeah. is stupid in its in its own right. I, I hate like the that. fact that they do it. I don't like that. I hate the fact that they do it's it. Scummy. But, I mean, if they're going to do it at this point, they can now do that because they have this depth. And you also have McNeil, who can play multiple positions. That's what I, That's who I don't want to get copped out here. The, the New York Mets season, and like I'm not saying it's just because of him, but I had the joke that we're in the Jeff McNeil era. <laughs> but seriously, uh, the, since he, they he called him up, they were an above 500 team. Yeah. He's going to get his at-bats. He's going to get his at-bats. He needs to start, man. You know what? I'm sorry. If he does start, it'll be at third base, and it'll be potentially because they trade Todd Frazier. Which I yeah, feel get like, him the fuck out of here. I'm telling you, I think it might happen. Get him the fuck out. He's owed. Him. He's owed $9 million this Dump year. Dump him. I think they, you could trade him to a team. I don't know who would take him. I don't know what you get back for him. It get a million dollars back. I don't care. I think he, if, get him if a wa- trade is done, he's probably be willing to go. Good. I don't, I don't like him. I, I think he was a bad idea from the beginning. <laughs> I know you know that. Um, I, I I try to have faith in him. I really did. Because... <sighs> Frazier the savior. <laughs> I never called him that. I never called him <laughs> well, that. Well, because you guys wanted him. You guys actually wanted him. You, and by I, you guys, by the way, I'm talking about our, our, our friends, yeah. Vogel and Taborski. <laughs> you guys wanted him. I just thought, I thought it was thought a was good... Gonna, That'll change things. Todd Frazier. I didn't say he would change things. I said that he was going to be a good addition to hopefully hold down the fort until Wright came back. Unfortunately, Wright never did come back. Frazier himself got hurt. So it's kind of, you know, it was a loss. See, I guess I was living in the world of, hey, David Wright's not coming back. Sign Moustakis. I think everyone was living in the world that he's probably not getting a back. We just didn't want to believe it. Yeah, I know. We we didn't want to believe that. It's like, no, no, he's going to come back. But deep down, we know it's over. We had to rip the band-aid. I mean, we, we, we did a good job. We watched, a great farewell. We watched. I was watching the, here, here watching the game with you. Yeah. It was. I got teary-eyed a little bit. You know, that, I got choked up. You know, he's, he was pro- he's probably my second favorite Met of all time behind Mike Piazza. I'm probably in that same boat. Um, no, nah, I think Beltron's probably my number two. I, I always love Beltron's Beltron. up. In terms of guys I've seen, Beltron is up there. He's probably number three. Yeah. I'd probably see Beltron three. Um, but I think the most... the. The most heartbreaking thing about David Wright was he never got his ring as a player. I and know. we all knew he deserved one. He did. He, he you know, hustle was never a question for David Wright. Yeah. 2015 um, was the That was their chance, it, but, but the Royals just outplayed the Royals, us, man. The Royals were the better team. Uh, By I, far I, and away. I, I said that from the start of the, se- the, the series. I'm like, Mets got to play their ass off because they're the better team. Well, what happened with the Mets was they got really fucking hot. 
Yeah. They had a hot second they got, half. That, they were the hot hand. That's what it's all about with playoff any sport. Yep. You get hot at the perfect time, you you ride that. Ride mm-hmm. that into Play the, the hot hand. Yeah, exactly. Play the hot hand. And that's exactly what happened with the Mets. You got Cespedes. He goes off and put MVP-like numbers in the second half of the year. You got Murphy hitting bombs off of Granky, Kershaw, mm-hmm. fucking everyone. It was next level. Like, it was next Lester, level. whoever else he was fucking hitting home runs off of. Like... I th- I had a feeling we were fucked the second Cespedes dogged that play. In uh, center what? field? I, right there, and then I'm like, we're not this game. I, I kind of had that feel. I kind of felt that. Yeah. I was like, why? It was a rough watch. Yeah. It was an awesome season, though. It was. It was an awesome like season. It. And I hope we can have uh, even even a half sliver. the fun we had. Just even, a sliver. You know, but we don't like got to be the World Series champs this I mean, year. I mean, it would be nice. It would be very nice. It would be nice. Very nice. We haven't gotten one yet. Yeah, I haven't. I have I'm no. I have no championships at all. At least you got one last you, year with the team you like. Absolutely. Oh boy. I I don't have that. I know Mets, that's got to be rough. Jets, Islanders, Knicks. Yeah. I don't tough. know what it's like to yeah, enjoy you don't know. sports, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is that's what I have to live with. So are you a sadist? Because you're a sports blogger, are you a sadist? <laughs> no. But I just I just want to enjoy. A winning team. Masochist, excuse me. Masochist. I just want to enjoy Sorry. a winning team for once. That's all. You're going to get it, man. Yeah. You're going to get it eventually. Not, not, probably not from the Knicks or the Jets, but, you know, maybe the, maybe the Islanders, the Mets will eventually do it. See, here's the thing with me is like, you know how like in literature or movies, like uh, a ghost is someone who has an unresolved issue from yeah. their, from their waking life. Yes. I feel like there's like a ghost six year old Nick Landy in here <laughs> waiting for the Mets and to win the world do, series. So it. he could just die. <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's a mini Pat Milano in there somewhere too. Like he just he's waiting to, for he it. They're waiting for he's it. He's waiting for it. That, I think since 2006, dude, I think 2000 losing to nah, the fucking Yankees. Yeah. But when you're eight years old and like everyone and their mother's into it, and everyone in school, but it was, they're doing Mets Yankees exercises and fuck man. But I don't know. Was it was something about loss. that 2006 season. I like obviously 2000. You had Piazza Ventura. Al Leiter. You got all of them. But, Armando Benitez. That's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> but no, it was that. I think after, you know, the loss in 2006. Fuck Aaron Howman, by the way. Fuck Aaron Hellman and Yachty Molina. I don't I, I'm not even going to blame Beltron because it wasn't totally his fault. It's not totally his fault. He should have swung. No, swung. Nobody knew Wainwright had the curveball. Mm. He he was res- Beltron was already responsible for one of our runs that day. Well, that, what pisses me off about that? Uh, and he had like and he was like our best hitter in the whole series. That, that's exactly what I'm, Yeah. You people, win as a team, you lose as a team. Met fans just see Beltron and they just see that called third strike. And completely ignore the fact that he's arguably one of the better free agent signings in Mets history. He's the best center fielder in Mets history. Yes, absolutely. He's like all you're time. gonna you're gonna let the his entire Met career be pushed aside on one bad pitch. So you know what? I, no, no, you know what's me. wrong with those people? They never had a coach ed. Never had a coach ed that no. instilled those thoughts in you. You win as a team. You lose as a team. Exactly. So, like, you and I, like, you know, because you and I could consciously grasp, like, fuck you, Beltron, you should have swung. Mm-hmm. But we're also like, but you're the reason we're here. But who, and yeah. somebody else should have exactly. picked you up. Exactly. It shouldn't all be on your back. Because, um, like, I, I ask me, the person I blame for that loss is Willie Randolph. What the fuck are you doing yeah. putting up a one-legged Chris, Chris Floyd, Cliff Floyd, <laughs> to swing the bat? Yeah, I know. No. It's just. No, we, we could go, it's. We can go on and on about this. Let's, oh, let's bring well, it up. I, I, can Mets fans ever have a conversation without talking about this? Know, my ulcer's coming back. Uh, can we change? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to Brody. Let's go back to Brody. All right, let's go back to Brody. Um, so did you like the Cano signing? Well, a lot of people are against it. Um, I personally would have been against it if it was just, you know, salary, you know, picking up some of the salary. They're, they're cashing up one. But... As an overall deal, I didn't hate it, and mm-hmm. I I looked at it as two separate deals. I looked at it Cano and his contract for Bruce and Swarzak. If you if you even if regardless of money you flip that, Cano is the better player, a hundred percent without question. And he's still going to give you at least two good years at the plate and a, a decent. Club. Well, here's the thing: is Cano is one of the most dependable players in baseball. Yeah, the dude doesn't miss games. Now no. he missed half a season last year, but that was because of his suspension. 
and he had the wrist injury, yeah. but but he came back and he still hit 300. Exactly. Like okay. he can still hit. I I have no I have no, I have no problem question. with this. The fact that we have Jed Lowry makes me feel better because it's like oh, so if Cano Insurance. goes down, exactly depth. That's exactly. Well, what that's you why mean. I kind of want Jed on the bench. The more I'm thinking about it, I just want him on the bench, man. I, I don't know. I looking... I want McNeil in the starting infield. I want both McNeil well, and Alonso. Well, if you look at it right now, he wouldn't have been in the starting field because, unfortunate as it is, Frazier is your pencil in third base. Nope. Frazier's going to lose the job in spring training when Jeff McNeil hits as the ball. I would love to see that. It's going to happen. I would, but it's the Mets. This, it's is, this, the Mets. Is, this is the Jeff McNeil era, Pat. That's what you're not understanding. Yeah, but it's been the Wilpon half century, it seems like. Yeah. So you got – it's the way you always got to put it. You know, and we could blame the Wilpons all we want, which, believe me, I'm not – Against that, you know me well enough. I love to always blame all my problems on the Will Ponds. It's just easy. It's very easy. It's a great scapegoat. I, I, but you know what? The Will Ponds, the Will Ponds aren't the one playing baseball. No. The Will Ponds aren't the ones making deals and trades no. and signings. So even though they fuck us by you know doing business with Bernie Madoff and they fuck us by cutting our salary and they fuck us by but collecting the insurance on David Wright's contract at the that end, that annoyed the that hell out of me. They should have lost their. Fucking jobs. Right there. What did they say? Oh, we have no plans as of right now to reinvest this money. Fuck you. The whole point of the fucking insurance money is fuck to you. reinvest it. Yeah, it's like, fuck you, dude. There's like, a, Oh, if I could uh, find it for you to read one day, I'll, I'll find it. There's some guy put together a full uh, article, like a, a blog post almost, okay. of every single thing the Wilpons have done. Like, that should warrant the them? Mat. Yeah, that should warrant them to think maybe the MLB should take over. Send me that. Do you want to make a video? I can send it to you. Uh, yeah, send it to me. I'd I'll love to make you. a video. I'll send it to you. Trying to uh, try and spread that around because I'm tired of it. Basically, how um, Jeff Wilpon uh, would constantly meddle in with front office things. Like if he didn't, if he didn't have it his way, no one was getting it their way. Yep. You know things like the insurance money, basic ex players and ex employees basically saying, "Don't get, don't, don't, don't get involved. Don't get involved okay. because Jeff Wilpon is the GM." Ooh. He based. I think it was. I forgot who said. What it. I was gonna say. What era is that from? Oh, this was mid two thousands, roughly. Mid okay. Because the thing, the thing that's perplexing to me is it seems like from both Omar Manaya and Sandy Alderson, it seems like they do let the GMs take the keys and take the wheel. Not as much. Manaya got to though. do his Los Mets thing. Sandy Alderson got to do his sabermetrics thing. Brody's doing his just throw shit at the wall thing. I don't know. They def- I mean, here's the thing. They They're have, the owners. Of they course have, they have final say on everything. Yeah, but you they, know? It, it comes down to how much they're willing to spend, I guess. And, and they never spend as much as they should. But this is becoming the- an issue. I feel like this is becoming an issue in all of baseball now. Because just recently, a couple of days ago, I don't know if you saw this, uh, in 2018, MLB as a whole, the league, uh, gathered a revenue profit of $10.3 billion. A profit? That's the revenue that they got. Now, think about how slow free agent market has been because teams are not willing to spend money because they don't have it. So here's my question. $10.3 billion off the bat is a lot of money. Yeah. What is that compared to previous years? What is that compared to the 90s uh, and the 2000s? That I don't know. I okay. only had the numbers for the last two years in 2017. I think it was about $10 billion. Still, I mean, okay. it's $3 million more, but that's still a lot of it's, money. It's an immaculate amount of money. And that's why the way how the market has been the last couple of years with free agents about how teams are just refusing to give these guys big contracts. You think these owners are just play. pocketing this shit? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of speculation that there's some sort of collusion going on between the owners. And when this current To spend CBA, less money on players to and just pocket try and, more money for themselves. So basically, why I've seen some... And Joe and Evan. That's dangerous. Joe and Evan on the fan talked about this today because I listen to, listen to sports radio like every day. Yeah. They were talking about this and I've seen other like not reports but like ideas or mm-hmm. like opinions that once this current CBA uh, expires, I think in like 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. possible strike on our hands. You think so in 2020? The players, the players union is only going to be like, listen, this is getting ridiculous. Like if, they, if we have another market like we've had these past two years, last year and this year. Where you got guys like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and there's only two or three teams in on both of them. 26-year-old studs. Uh, You're telling me every team shouldn't be in on that? You should at least be talking. The guys are not – it's ridiculous. What is the the New York Mets salary cap? Do you know off the the top of your head? Even if you have a rough estimate. payroll right now is less than it was last year. 
Do you have a, a rough estimate for uh, me by any stretch? One seventy million. Okay, Maybe. so so hmm. I could be wrong. I'm trying to do I'm trying to do quick math in my head. So if the league is profiting ten point three billion, right? Basically, it's it's telling and the me the teams are spending, and like a big market team like the Mets spends one hundred eighty million a year. People don't want they don't want to go over these luxury tax, which is you know, I guess understanding, but owners just it just seems like owners don't want to spend money and, and the Yankees Yankee fans have had issues with the with Steinbrenner recently too think about it the new Steinbrenners yeah they're much George, yeah. George wouldn't have given a shit and I was well because George knew championships will get you more money than exactly. fucking yeah, yeah exactly he was yeah. smart he goes return on investment if we invest in a championship winning team now and we win championships guess what more people are going to come to the park well if there's if there's anything George Steinbrenner has solidified for the New York Yankees it's that the world could go through an apocalypse and be born again, and the New York Yankees will probably still be standing mm-hmm. because they're the most celebrated and historic franchise in all of sports. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, return, like you said right there, return on investment. Yep. You know, championships are, in a sense, forever. Nothing will give you a greater return if you put together a championship team. And it's not only that, you can keep... You can keep selling off that championship oh, team. Yeah. Oh, like when the Mets do 86 The Mets, the Mets are still selling 69, off 69 yeah. and 86. Are you kidding me? Exactly. We, how how many offerings? Like if they put, oh, we're going to have a, a 1986 reunion. Sold that Boom. game. Boom. Sold, Sold out that game. game. Right away. They're still profiting off of Dude, that. Dude, my, my favorite jersey is the 86 jersey. Yeah. They're the really like bold orange and blue with the I, pinstripes. I have my Keith Hernandez jersey of that exact kind. Dude, fuck yeah. Like, I got to uh, I gotta get myself one of uh, Gary Carter and that stuff. Oh, uh, rest in peace. Speaking of Gary Carter, rest in peace, and other Hall of Fame players, you recently wrote an article about your picks for this year's Hall of Fame ballots. I did. I did. This is something I like doing every year. You know, uh, as a as a fan of the game, we always like to put together our hypothetical Hall of Fame ballots, who we think should be in Cooperstown, who we think makes the cut. So, yeah, I I play baseball writer, um, and I pick who I think or who would get. Well, you my are vote. you are a baseball writer, not I, not to that extent, but yes. you're not recognized by the no, big suits. No, not yet. But you're a baseball writer. Call me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I put together my hypothetical ballot on guys who I think should um, make it in or have the ability to make it in. So number one, um, easily Mariano Rivera. Oh, there, without question. There's no question. Without question. And it annoys me that he's not going to get 100%, but we're never going to see someone get 100%. Why? And I can why tell you why. Why don't you think, why, yeah, I was saying, why isn't Rivera, if anybody, if anybody deserves 100% Mariano Rivera, he's the best of all time at his position, unquestionably. Unquestioned. I'll tell you right now. Because there are going to be those players who people know are a slam dunk, so they are going to leave them off their ballot and give it to someone else. Because they think, oh, uh, all right, Mariano Rivera, he's getting in regardless. I'm not going to waste one of my ten spots on him. I'll go to the next guy who I think should get my vote. So, do you do you think ever do all writers pick ten people every year? No, they don't. Ha- they can go say, up to ten. I think they can couple, go up to ten. A couple years ago, they could go up to fifteen, but they lightened it, so they can go up to ten. There have been guys. There was a guy who turned in a completely blank ballot because he didn't want to vote for anyone. Okay. which is which is his. It's no, his that's his right. No, that's his right. Yeah. There are guys who are turning in one or two names. Like that's that's their right. I just want if you're not voting for a guy who's a slam dunk, I want a legitimate reason, not oh he's going to get in anyways. Like that yeah, sh- that should that shouldn't fly. No, it shouldn't. It, so, I don't I don't agree with that. It annoys me. Okay, so we got Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera hands who else down. You got? Uh, next for me would be uh, Edgar Martinez. Another one, unquestionably the best at his position for his was, time. For his time, yes. So, for those who may not want to believe it, the designated hitter is a position in baseball now. There are guys you can hear guys coming up, and they're like, "Oh, he's going to be a DH because he's not good. He's not good in the field." But damn, he can hit. But damn, he can hit. Yeah. Not to mention the best DH award in the American League is named the Edgar Martinez Award. So don't tell me that. You'll have guys who, like a, a David Ortiz, who's probably going to be getting in, who may be considered the best DH of all time. That's that's arguably what some people can say. I'm not getting into that. Whatever. Um, you can't have a guy like him in without having the guy who really brought 
the position to life. So you're saying you would be livid if the baseball writers decided to elect David Ortiz to the Hall of Fame but leave Edgar Martinez out? One needs to be in before the other. And because this is Edgar's last year, I think he gets it. He was at like 70-something percent. It's annoying to me that they've left him on the ballot for this long. Uh, You know, I'm not saying Edgar Martinez needs to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I mean— the guy was a superstar. No. You know, we were kids he and was, we knew who Edgar he, Martinez he, what, was. Think about it. Who did we know on that Seattle Mariners team growing up? We knew Ken Randy, Griffey, Randy Johnson, A-Rod, Edgar Martinez. Um, who who else pitched for them? Who was the other pitcher behind Johnson? Johnson in Seattle? Yeah. Didn't they have I'm like trouble. two stellar pitchers? I can't remember. Not in the 90s. I can't remember. I just remember the that those bats of Go for it. I'm going to look it up quick. Yeah. Go on. I remember Griffey, Martinez. And A Rod and like Jay Buhner. Like Jay Buhner. There you go. Yeah. I remember those guys. Oh, man. That's what I remember. But yeah, I mean, he deserves to be in. I think he gets in. Still looking that up. Yeah. I'm it's gonna look. it's gonna annoy you until you figure yeah, it out. Yeah, it's gonna annoy me. <laughs> but so are you electing David Ortiz to the Hall of Fame on your ballot? We'll worry about that when he gets on it. We'll get that. I think he Oh, he's not on the ballot this no, year? No, no, no. Five years after you retire. Got you How long has he been retired for? What was it 20? I think it's been forever. I think 2016 was his last year. I forget. He's got a while. He's got a while. Jamie Moyer. That's it. There it is. How could we forget the freaking grandfather? Oh, my god. That man goodness. pitched till he was like 50. I knew we Yeah, dude. Remember he's on the Phillies? Yeah. Oh. The the beautiful 78-mile-an-hour fastball. I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> we would lose. I'd just be amazed. Like oh. Jamie Moyer versus Julio Franco. Battle of the century. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be a great at bat. It would. I don't think it ever happened. No, but it would have been fun. Pretty sure Julio Franco is still playing professional baseball somewhere. 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 <laughs> he probably uses his bat as his walking stick when he's not playing baseball. Oh, that that's fucking hilarious. I can imagine. Just picture that. Just walking <laughs> up, and then he goes into that stance with that same cane. Oh, beautiful. Well, you know what's <laughs> crazy about his batting stance? Like pointing the bat forward like yeah. that. It helps you hit the ball the other way. It does. You know? You also got to be careful because when you whip through the zone, you tend to go up. You tend to you pop it up. And you'll pop, uh, you'll pop yep. it up. So that's one thing. That was, I think that was a problem that Travis Darno was having for a while. That he had that. Man, what a bust. Yeah, I don't want to talk about him really. I, I mean, look, it doesn't up, hurt but... that much because we traded R.A. Dickey for both Noah and uh, Darno. And Darno was the and Darno, and Darno was a stud. That's the thing. Darno was the focus. Noah and was. Syndergaard a, became. Yeah, he was and, a throw in. Yeah, was... But Noah was a stud, yeah. and Darno didn't work out. Yeah. You know, I, I'll take it. If you told me I could do R.A. Dickey for Noah Syndergaard back in I the day, it. I'd still do it. I don't know anyone who's. I, I don't know anyone who would oppose that trade. No, you'd have to be an idiot. Yeah. Um, but. So we had, so we yeah. had Mo, Edgar. Those are two of the top guys. And we learned that David Ortiz is not on the ballot. Not, not on the ballot, not yet. <laughs> uh, Roy Halladay. Interesting. I put Roy Halladay. He was probably one of the top five pitchers for a good portion of his career. Without question. Another very, one Another one with the Phillies. But so that one, he, he drove me nuts. I know. I, I hate him as a Philly, but I respect the hell out of him because he's a yeah. hell of a pitcher. Fuck yeah. Rest in peace to him. He Rest unfortunately passed away. Why, why do and, pitchers keep dying in planes? I don't know, man. It's very upsetting. But mo- moving on. Yeah, planes in general. Um, who else we have? Mike Messina. I have him on my the ballot. Moose. I would put in, I would absolutely. The guy dominated pitching in the American League East his entire career. Bro, his finals. Wasn't his final year his. Uh, he put up great first, numbers in like age 39 season with the Yanks. That's what I was going to say. He won 20 games, didn't he? Yeah. It was the first 20 win game, 20 win season of his whole career. I so, yep. And he left on top. That's one of the things. There are two things I respect Mike Messina forever for. The first one being that he mm-hmm. left when he was on top. Guys, 20 wins, called it a career. Yeah. And there was a time where he was pitching. I don't know if it was a no-hitter or a perfect game. Uh, I don't, it probably was a, a no-hitter. It was into the ninth inning, and it got it got messed up. Um, somebody, they broke up the no-hitter. And Joe Torrey was... Wanted to take him out. And wanted to take him out. And fuck he, that. Yeah, don't dude, even think like, about no, it. no, sit he was, down. He was a horse. Dude, was and sp- like... Fucking... Ugh. To this... To, like... To... The amount of respect Joe Torrey had for him. Yeah. To have one of his players demand he sit and what, the what fuck Tori, down. I remember, I remember this he video. Tori's just like, okay. it's all yours. Well, that it's tells me that tells me Tori was never going to take him out. He just wanted to go out there. Him. Just fuck with him. Fuck with him or go out there and be like, hey, you all right? You all right? But then Moose was just not having <laughs> oh, man. it. Yeah, but I think of those four in the top four of, of my hypothetical ballot, those are the ones that are getting in this year. I think all four of them are shoe-ins. I think all four of them are Should getting be in. Should be shoe-ins. They're getting in this year. In my honest Holiday opinion, for sure. Holiday for sure. 
Mo for sure. Mo for sure. Martini. Edgar should. Moose. Moose, I could shredding. see. Yeah, I could see him I missing think, I one think, year. I think he gets it. I, I, I would hope it. so. Uh, for fun. His years with the Orioles were Absolutely. unbelievable. For those who are interested uh, and are on Twitter, there is a guy who runs a Twitter account that keeps track of all the public ballots. And I'll give him a little plug because I actually love following this guy. He gives you Yeah, updates. plug whoever the fuck you want. I don't know him. Just, just so everyone knows. Him. But I'm going to plug in because I love what he does. His name is Ryan Thibodeau, at not Mr. Tibbs. He's Baseball Hall of Fame ballot tracker. So he has his whole Excel sheet, and he gets the information of all public-made ballots, and he tracks what their current percentage is at. Wow. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. Do you have any of his numbers off the top of your head? Uh, I don't have it. I mean, I can look up the... Let's see where your guys are standing. I can look up this account right now. Yeah, let's see where your your Hall of Fame predictions are now, standing. So just to repeat, we have Mariano Rivera, Edgar Martinez, Mike Mussina, and Roy Holiday. Yes. Okay. So right now, all right, so you'll see, can't see on camera, but basically 162 ballots have been made public by the mm-hmm. Baseball Writers Association of America. So let's take a look at those three, those four guys. All right, so Roy Holiday right now on those 162 that are uh, collected, have been uh, presented. he's in. Edgar Martinez, 90.9%. He's in. Mike Messina, 81.8%. He's in. And right now, unfortunately, this is probably going to change. Mariano Rivera is at 100%. Every public made ballot he has been on. Rightfully so. Yeah. That's probably going to change, unfortunately, but... You know what makes him special, too? He's the last one to wear 42. I respect that. That's what makes him special, too. I respect that. I miss... I kind of miss the numbers. Uh, I, miss I miss it too, but we see it once that's the thing. It's never going to go love, anywhere. It's, I love and I love Jackie Robinson. I've of course, done, done numerous reports and everything on him. I loved him. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, yeah. Jackie Robinson. He he's one of those examples of the fact that like why things like sports in a society are important mm-hmm. because he helped to normalize. I don't want to say the civil rights movement, but the whole. But it was there. Yeah, he's, yeah. you know he, what I'm he's, saying. He's he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys who really stood out. And there's one thing that, I, that that's always stuck with me is that the real thing is real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what it was like to live in that time, but when Jackie Robinson became a star, what that must have done for the nation. Yep. You know, what that must have done for so many young kids oh, yeah. who could look at Jackie Robinson and be like, oh, if he I, have, I have that opportunity now. Well, I mean, you've, seen, you've seen the movie 42, right? Yes, but I... I, very, I can't like very, really call it off the top of my yeah, head very yeah. much. Well, there's this one scene where uh, uh, a little boy, little black boy, he goes to a game and he just sees Jackie Robinson. He goes, "This is what I'm going to do. This I'm going to be just like him. I'm going to I'm going to you know do everything this kid. Who was that kid? Who well, who I don't know if it's legitimate or not. I believe it is. I'm not sure. Who was that kid? Cleon Jones of the 1969 New York Mets, the man who made the final out. Yeah, baby, the, the the catch and the kneel. Catch and kneel. So. That right there, you know, he inspired people to just follow their dreams, basically, and just don't let someone say, no, you can't, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you got to think about it. When he, fir- when he first came up, like, the Dodgers fans didn't, they didn't respond very oh, well no. to him. No, not at all. all. But what happened? He was good for the Dodgers. He helped the Dodgers mm-hmm. win. So what happened? The Dodgers fans fell in love with yep. him. The real thing is real. And he got his teammates to fall in love with him. Pee Wee Reese became one of his good friends. Yep. And everyone loved Pee Wee Reese. Like that—that's what it was all about, you know. Just yep. you just gotta just play your game, and things were different. And things but, will fall into place. I was gonna say things were different back then too. Oh, Even in absolutely. like uh, Mickey Mantle's era, um, one of the things that a lot of guys uh, sing Mickey Mantle's praises about is um, him and his teammates. You know, you you bus across the country when you're playing in, yeah. playing in all these cities, mm-hmm. and they'd go to restaurants like after the game, yep. and a lot of uh, his black teammates would get turned away. Mm-hmm. So what Mickey used to do is he would just get them food, and yep. he'd, he'd eat with them on the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's that stuff that just makes you not only a good teammate, but just a good human being. Yeah. And we just need more of that. in this world. And that's what I'm saying. Sports have the ability to enable the best parts of us. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. And I think that's one of the main reasons you and I love them so much. Oh, absolutely. They're fun I mean, to watch. It's just I don't know. I honestly don't know what my life would be like without sports. I'll be well, honest you know, what it is man. It's like, look, really we have don't. we have just a like we have primal instincts that mm-hmm. need to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And one thing that makes sports great is. It is just a safe place to be a barbarian. Yeah. Go to the game, scream your head off, 
paint war paint on your face. I don't give a fuck. People will accept oh, you. God. They'll embrace I just, you. I just you can I, be a barbarian. I love going to baseball games with you because you are I'm a just, psycho. You're an asshole, <laughs> and I just love it though. Like every time we go to Met games together, like you're just screaming your head off. You're fuck just yeah. being a complete I'm being, the, I'm being a barbarian. I love Pat. it. I love yeah. it. I do. I love it. I honestly, I'm not so into like screaming like you because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm, I'm like a student of the game. I like to watch the game and all that. But you've seen me scream on like bad plays. And shit. Yeah, like, I'll fucking lose it too. Yeah, like I'm very like I'm gonna keep it bottled in, keep it bottled in, and then you know Angel Hernandez blows his nine millionth call, <laughs> and then yeah, I'm gonna lose it. Well, you see, Pat, that's what happens when you keep it bottled in. It just keeps growing well, and then, growing and growing. See, I just let that shit flow. When I'm yeah. at the stadium, it's just going to flow through when, me. Yeah, but when, when I oh, it just all comes out for me. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> it's already coming out of you. See? You're not, not going exactly. around. See? But that, that's what I fucking love about it because I think we need that. Because like, here's yeah. the other thing that human beings are is we're tribal. Mm-hmm. We don't want to admit it. But for millennia, we were in tribes and we were tribal. Yep. Bro, the Mets are our tribe now. Yep. We wear the colors. We wear the colors. You know what I'm saying? This is our tribe. Mm-hmm. And we take care of our own. That's why David Wright gets his own day when his career is over. You know? And that kind of stuff, it fulfills yep. us. Because, it does. It does. Because, like, that that way of life, the barbarian, the tribalism, it's dead. Yeah. It's we not, don't, it's we not don't live that every day. We don't live that you know, every we day. We get to live that. Uh, that. Well, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. There are some people dur- who do. During the, the baseball season or the football season or, you know, the hockey, whatever sport that you may love. You know, you get to live that every single day. Yeah, in a, yeah. In a safe environment. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, unless you're watching soccer in Europe, because they, they, see, they take that next level. Um, People die at I soccer know. matches I know, that's what I'm Europe. saying. They take the tribalism like, seriously. holy shit. Like, you, you've seen, like, the I've like, seen like soccer hooligan documentaries and shit. Like, well, isn't it they're that, that there are gangs who align themselves yeah. with certain teams yeah. and no, shit? Yeah, they're, and, they're crazy. And the opposing it. gang comes to the opposing gang's you've fucking... Seen, you've yeah. seen uh, Eurotrip. Yes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Vinny Jones and his Manchester United football team clubbers. Like, come on. That shit's real. It's not funny. Like, they make it's it funny. Fu- it's funny there. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, that shit really happens. No, for sure. Like, Especially in South America, too. Oh, yeah. It goes down there, too. Yeah. But that's one of the things that America definitely gets right is mm. a giving us a place to practice safe tribalism and barbarianism. Yeah. And there are usually some buffoons at any game who take it a little too far. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know me, man. I'm screaming, but I'm never looking to start a fight. Oh. I'm never looking to start a fight it when cost, I'm at a fucking game. I, I'll mm-hmm. scream at the field. I'll scream at the players. But I'm never trying to start shit with people in the stands. I feel like we're seeing it so much more now in football. Yeah. Like, more than we ever have. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know if you have Well, any... the drinking definitely... Is, doesn't help a factor yeah but you see all these videos coming out like you go in there to punched enjoy- out and shit like yeah i you be a barbarian like but at the end of the day does there is it really matter no like, it doesn't fucking matter that on. but that's what makes it fun is that it I doesn't know. matter because here's my thing man i when mean the mets lost if when the mets lost in 2006 and 2015 i was heartbroken oh absolutely seriously i was absolutely. hurting i was hurting but it was a safe hurt yeah. It didn't really mean anything. No. It's like even when the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, I was ecstatic. I was euphoric. But it was just the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I didn't I, I didn't have a kid. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't fucking get like you Does know. your does your day really from one day to the next, is there any difference compared to like those who actually lived it? It's like, hey, my team won. I've still got to go to work and work my nine to five or something. You, I felt great that day. Oh, I, I mean, said, you Fuck feel, yeah. yeah, you feel great. Is there any difference? Like, no, my job isn't any easier. Yeah. You know, I still have to do the things I have to do yeah. because so, I mean, it's that's, a game. Yeah, it's that's, a game. It's all a game. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> just the way it is. But yeah, it's. Uh, just in recent years, I feel like the, the fans of football are just going crazy. They're getting, they're getting a little wild. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's just a lot of people have pride in their teams and they don't like people talking shit. I guess oh, that's Jesus it. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't think I don't I mean if you talk shit about my teams and be like Yeah. Bro, you, have, you have a right to with my teams though, I'll probably agree with you. That's that's the thing. Bro, one of my favorite things is like, you know, Joe's a big Giants fan. Of course. Bro, him and I talk shit. I, we did it much more earlier in the season yeah. when we were both in it, but him and I talk shit relentlessly. Exactly. I will rip apart his favorite players. He'll rip apart my favorite players. And at the end of the conversation, you give each other a hug. We're better friends. Yeah. Because, like, we're homies. We're playing. That's us playing the game. Yeah. Our role in the game is that we are, we root for the tribe. Yeah. That's our role in the game. So when, here's the other guy who roots for his tribe. I'm the guy who roots for my tribe. I'm just going to talk shit. Yeah. And, like, we have fun and we make exchanges. 
And at the end of the day, it's just like I mean, we're all all in all our friend group. We're all fans of different teams. Yeah, I love it, especially with football. But that's going to change when the XFL teams begin. Oh, when the XFL is in, we're all on the one team train. Scott, Scott, don't even think about fucking this up. All right, we're Scott's all going to be New York team fans. We're still we're sticking with New York, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to. Yeah, yeah. I just want to be. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I want to go to the game. Well, they're going to be playing the at MetLife. To go to the game. They're yeah. going to be playing at MetLife, so I mean, that's definitely going to be doable. So, Scott. If you're hearing this, you sh- you should make the end of the bench the official blog site of the XFL. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna give him an XFL uh, page. He's not gonna put it up. He's you don't think like, so? Well, I he mean, told he, me he let me do an esports. He'll, article. he'll he'll probably be like jokingly be like, I'm not putting this up. It's XFL. Just to fuck shit. with you. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm like fucking put it up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that though. I really think I'm mean, switching gears. Yeah, you can like, switch. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, I hope that the XFL is going to be a success this time around because I feel like Vince McMahon and his team are really are taking it way more seriously this time around. Well, because there's here's the thing. There's a real opening in the market here mm-hmm. because one of the problems with the NFL, and Dan Muller and I experienced this because we wanted to go to an Eagles game this mm-hmm. year and we waited a little too long, and it got to a point where it was like late November, and it's like, well, if we go, we're going to freeze our fucking ass off, yeah. and I don't want to do that. What the XFL has going for it is it's offering spring and summer football. Mm-hmm. Good weather football. Yeah, I think it would start like two weeks after the Super Bowl or something that they were talking about. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, and maybe this is only It'll pertaining like a- to the Northeast because like the South, obviously the South and the Southeast and even Southern California don't have this problem. Yeah. But the rest of the country does. Well, I think there's only one team that really has like freezing cold weather for the XFL. I think it would be the... Uh, the New York team. I don't know. I have to maybe look. early in the spring. I'd have to look. I forget maybe. who else. They said the two weeks after were. the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So like yeah, the, I guess the first few weeks of the season. But it'll I mean, be like that. But the first time around the XFL, like I remember, it was a joke. It was a joke. It was. I tried to get into it because I was a wrestling fan back then. I still like wrestling, but you know the storyline. The storylines now suck. You know the the talent is there, but the the writing and just the the. Booking. Well, what do you think of the AEW All Elite Wrestling? No, that's actually interesting because I've been reading up a lot about that. Yeah. I mean, I think WWE needs some competition. Uh, competition right now. They know that they're, the, they're the big boys on the block, so they can get away with doing with business the, with in Saudi the, Arabia. With... <laughs> <laughs> that no, I think it's uh, they can get away with these these crap storylines that they've been putting together, and then just the recycling of the same wrestlers over and over again. And people are still going to buy tickets. People are going to complain, but they're still going to buy tickets. Because it's their only option. Yeah. So now what Cody Rhodes and his team, Cody Rhodes, the ex-WWE wrestler who left WWE because he was uh, unhappy with his position in the company. He's getting the Zack Ryder treatment, which we'll touch on that in a minute. Touch on that. I, know, I think you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, he decided to leave, went to the independent circuits, and then he decided to start this own promotion. And he's going to try and stick it to WWE. And I think he's going to. Uh, I saw a couple of videos not too long ago. Um, guys were trying to get into WWE events, and they were telling them that they wouldn't let them in because they were wearing AEW stuff, like shirts. So like, shirts. like Joe Schmo's, like you and I, going wearing AEW shirts. They wouldn't let them. They in. wouldn't let Which, you in. Well, they have that right. It's a tele. It was a taping. I think it was a SmackDown taping or something like that. So they have mm. the right because think about it. If like, I'm not gonna if it's competition. We're not gonna allow that to be seen on our thing, but. They're, I feel like they're already getting worried about it. They, they I, definitely I, are, because I, I have to wonder, right? Because like, here's the thing. Um, and I, I'm trying to talk, a good I, sport. To... I know Prakowski's a big uh, wrestling fan, too. I mean, yeah. mean I'll talk definitely. to him about this, too. I, mean, I don't know how his position on everything is here. I'd love I, to know Joe, I know Joe is all about the yeah. AEW. Mm, he, he absolutely loves And like Joe loves all wrestling. He's a wrestling fan before he's loyal to any I, organization. I, I, I was a huge wrestling fan growing up. It's been Same. really different over the last few years. I still pay attention to it slightly i don't watch it as religiously as i used to i mean mm-hmm. fucking monday night raw oh yeah during oh we we grew up in a good time for wrestling right now Dude, i remember the wwf days and oh. let me tell you i i mean i watched wrestling as a kid and i liked it but what really got me going and you know it's so obvious being me were the video games did you ever play the wrestling video games back in the day right. so it was one of this. The, i just i just want to point, push one thing yeah. in what made those games special to me was that was the first game that allowed me to customize my own character mm-hmm. and take that character on its own little journey the, let me tell you this. it blew my mind it as was a kid. it was great it was great I, I was in love man absolutely so i was telling you before um i ended up buying a new used ps2 because i found all my old ps2 games yeah, I yeah, yeah. 15 ps2 games 
I'd say about six or seven of them are wrestling games. Oh, dude. Because I loved playing. Because just, just like that, you could make your own characters. Yeah, dude, like, you know, you I gotta... remember. I remember I used to make, like, all the, the horror movie characters. Oh, like, I made Jason Freddy, and Freddy and Freddy. shit. I made, like, Mario. I used to do, like, all oh, these things. That's I what I do. used to do. I used to do shit like that, that too. That was fun. Yeah. That, like, that dude, was awesome. Dude, bring it over one day. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get Absolutely. hammered and play some Which wrestling one? games. Which one? I have about, like, six. Bring them all. Who gives a fuck? If one of them isn't working out, we'll pop in the next one. It won't matter. We'll figure it out. But I want to get back to AEW and Zack Ryder. Do you think Zack Ryder needs to go to the AEW? Because again, I don't keep up with wrestling much, but from what I'm able to gather, he's kind of getting shafted a little bit. Yeah. He's kind of just a work guy and not really giving him spotlight. Yeah. But this is a guy who putting him on the card alone can sell out the Coliseum in New York. I agree. I agree. The, Maybe even the Garden. I remember watching the. I don't know about the Garden. That's a lot bigger yeah. task. I but. remember watching the the WrestleMania, uh, where he won the Intercontinental Title. Um, this was only a couple of years ago. The place went nuts. nuts nuts and then he ended up losing it the next night on raw of course because he's a work guy it's such a smack in the face to him he deserves so much better uh there are guys from the aew who are like telling him to come over he's good he's good friends with cody rhodes yeah he is good friends with cody rhodes so i would love to see it man i would love to see um if if he goes there i think he does become a top build definitely dude but he sells out arenas in new york that's huge. But, I mean, it's and all, WWE's not giving him that respect. It's, it's all his decision. If he chooses, he wants to stay with WWE. That's that's what he knows. He feels comfortable there. That's, that's at the end of the day, Zack Ryder's going to do what's best for him. Absolutely, and all, all and the power we, to him. We wish nothing but the best for Zack. You know, Merrick boy. You know, exactly. He's one of our own. We got to take care of our own. Absolutely. But that's why I want to see him go to the AEW. Yeah, no, I want to see just, him climb the. I want. I just want to see him succeed. I just exactly. Him succeed. Definitely. We're, we're we're rooting for Zack Ryder Absolutely. over here at the Landy Lodge. That's for sure. But I wanted to bring, uh, I want to talk a little bit about you uh, before we wrap this up. I want to talk more about you and yeah. the bench and what you got going on there. Absolutely. So, End of the Bench has been rolling for a few months now. Yep. And you guys have unbelievably committed to putting out content. Absolutely. Um, I haven't gotten around to reading all of it, but the huh. ones that I do read, very well written. I said this to Scott when he was on the podcast, mm. and Scott told me that his whole idea for End of the Bench was to give you a fan's perspective because yeah. you know the quote-unquote experts give you their perspective everywhere right. you can get you can get the experts opinion on any corner of this fucking country mm-hmm. but you guys and i really felt this a lot in your articles about the hall of fame mm. you guys are really coming from the perspective of the absolutely. fan absolutely you know what it's like to sit quote-unquote end of the bench mm-hmm. or in the stands yeah you know um is that what what was the most compelling thing about the end of the bench that pulled you into the project? Well, the biggest thing, first off, I just want to thank Scott for allowing me to be a part of it because um, it is really something I've always looked into doing. I've tried doing blogs myself in the past. I, I've written some pieces up, but I never really was able to keep up with it, probably because I didn't have like everything. A lot of other things got in the way. Yeah. Um, but. With Scott being able to, to put this, this thing together, which is very grateful. Like I said, I'm very happy to be a part of it. I'm very happy that, you know, once I heard about it, I texted him and be like, hey, you looking for writers? Because uh, this is something I would love to do. And he goes, I was going to ask you, you know, I want, I, want my, I want baseball stuff from you. So I said, you know. And there's been no just, shortage of baseball no. pieces on the end of the bench. <laughs> That's my thing. Um, but yeah, but like, like Scott had said, it just gives the average fan the platform to speak his mind and i do that with pretty much any chance i get because i just love talking sports you take a look at my twitter it's pretty much all sports where can they find you on twitter find me on twitter milano cookies with a z 56 yes my nickname is cookies it has been like that since we were kids wrote itself that nickname i love that nickname. you were born with that nickname that nickname i love it uh, and no, it's not because I eat a lot of cookies. It's because my last name is Milano. Just, uh, just for the slow people out there. <laughs> I just need to make sure, verify that. Um, but yeah, anyways, it, it just gives us the platform to put together what we want to just speak our minds about. You know, we all have these thoughts. You know, the everyday fan has a thought. They want to. They want people to know what they're thinking. Yep. You know, that's why we have, well, not why we have it, but that's you know contributing factor to how often social media is used. Yep. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Because like, giving us all a voice. Yeah, exactly. So Scott was able to put this thing together with your help, and you've done a great job putting that thing together. Thank and you. And we, we appreciate that. 
you know, he's been hey, listen, able all to, I did was make the website. It, hey, the, the, you you made, guys have covered but the rest without of the that, But without that, you know, we may have had the stuff to put on it, but without you, we wouldn't be able to. I appreciate that. Anywhere. I appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, he's just given us the voice. And it's a little more than 140 or 280 characters, whatever Twitter is nowadays. It's however many characters you want, yeah. essentially. I mean, we, I, we, I have something I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about it. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. But that's what this is all about. Yeah, that's why sports building a dialogue. Every, everyone has their own opinion. And I'm willing to hear, you know, if I give an opinion on something, I would like to hear your opinion back in a respectful manner. Because yeah. I'm going to be respectful towards you because we're human beings. We can have that, that dialogue. Yeah. But and we can disagree without can taking disagree. it without taking it personally. It, it's called the I respectfully disagree for a reason. I don't need to know you're wrong, fuckwad, or something mm-hmm. like that. Once you curse or call me names, you lost the argument, regardless of what you're trying to say. You're just showing that you are like you like pointed up a barbarian. Yep. Put it together. Let's have a nice dialogue. Let's put it together. I love having conversations. Well, one like one of the things I try to live by is always assume the person you're talking to knows something you don't. Right. Or always assume they have there's something you can learn from them. Because mm-hmm. you know, without without fail, like just between you and I, there's always going to be things you know about mm-hmm. that I have no clue about. And vice, gonna, and vice versa. And vice versa. And vice versa. There's a lot you of know? things that you are aware of that I have no idea. Exactly. You, you are more knowledgeable on many different things that I just not not aware of and again vice versa and that's why talking to each other can be so rewarding exactly because you know you say a little bit of something i say a little bit of something we both walk away having learned something from one another so i actually we uh we got about 10 minutes left Mm. and we didn't talk about the jets so i want to close this out talking about the jets i want to give you the mic as a jets fan you're no stranger to being a frustrated fan so i want to give you the mic what do you think what do you think was the reasoning behind it? What are the pros? What are the cons? I want your piece on it. All right. So right off the bat, I'm not a huge fan of the hire. And I'm not saying – And just to fill people in, who did the Jets hire as They hired Adam Gase, mm-hmm. the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, who was just fired about 10 days ago. It was down to him, Mike McCarthy, Matt Rule of Bear, Baylor, I think, and then Cliff Kingsbury – or Burley. I can't remember the last name. Um, who was from USC, maybe? No, Texas Tech? I don't remember. Anyways, <laughs> they went with Adam Gase over Mike McCarthy, and I'm just, I don't like it. I, I don't, in terms of, there are guys, I feel like, who make better coordinators than they do head coaches. I think Adam Gase is, would be one of those guys. You know, he did a pretty good job as the OC with Chicago a few years ago. He helped Jay Cutler turn around and give him a pretty good season. I mean, it's Jay Cutler, but still. I mean, Todd Bowles, not a good head coach. Probably going to make a great defensive coordinator. Yeah, there's nothing mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with just being a defensive coordinator. Every team needs it. Every team needs an offensive coordinator. Some guys are just not able to hold on to a head coaching job. I think Adam Gase was one of those guys. I'm shocked that the Jets went with him. I personally, if I had to choose between the two, I'm easily taking Mike McCarthy. Because he is an experienced NFL head coach. He's a you know, longer tenure. And he's been a winner. Been a winner. And yeah. he worked with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm thinking, and even, Ooh, Mike, that's a good point. even Mike McCarthy said, I, I wanted the Jets job or no job at all. Wow. At least that, those were reports. I don't know if he necessarily did say that. Well, here's reports. the thing. If you can bring a championship to the New York Jets, I mean, this is it's been 50 years. If, if Gaze, you can bring a championship to the New York Jets, this city will worship if, you. If Gaze does it, then... Joe Namath was a bad quarterback, but he brought a championship mm-hmm. to the Jets, and he got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, if Gase can do it, then first of all, McCagnan's got to put together a team. He's got to he's got to give Donald yeah, it's weapons. Th- it's just Donald. I think I think Gase will work with Donald pretty well. He's he's this quarterback whisperer, as some have called him, because he, he former quarterback. Now, he, he do we know? Do we know if Sam Darnold had any say in this? From what I understand, from what I've read, I've been reading up. I was listening all day. I'm sure Joe and Evan flipped out today. Oh, <laughs> did they flip out today? It was fun. Joe Beninga, I'm pretty sure, almost had a heart attack. Um, but anyways, yeah. What had happened was apparently Sam Darnold did have a FaceTime conversation with Adam Gase before, either directly before or directly after he was hired, to discuss to get to get to know each other a little bit, and I think they just feel comfortable with each other. So. I can hope that that's going to be good. I'm not a like I said. I don't like to hire, but I I want to be wrong. Well, what are I some? What are are you able to 
pluck out any pros? Are you going to pluck out any positives from this? Positive would be he can work with quarterback. I think okay. we have a young quarterback in Sam Darnold who he will be able to work so, with. But you got to give Donald some weapons. We have a good offseason coming up. You know, we have well, plenty Scott of money has to called spend. it the most important Jets offseason in it our is. lifetime. It is. They need to get some players. You know, especially at the wide receiver position. I mean, he needs someone to throw to. Yeah, Quincy he needs Numa, someone. He Quincy needs someone Numa. that can go up and get it. Because yeah. that's the thing. Like quarterbacks can't do it alone. You can't yeah. expect the quarterback to hit you in the perfect window Absolutely. every time. You need guys who, if the throw is off target, they can leap up or stretch out and go and get I, it for you. I love the Quincy Numa resign. Yeah, because I'm a big fan of his. It's an it's unfortunate that he's been struck with the injury bug for so long, but I'm a big fan of his. But he is only a piece. Robbie Anderson yeah. is only a piece. We need someone who's going to be the number one guy. Well, one of the things I like about this move is you guys got an offensive-minded coach. That is a big plus for me. That's what I like. That tells me they're going to go out and get those weapons. That seems to be the way things are going now with all these young... It's it's no surprise that the league is becoming offensive-driven. Yeah, it sells tickets. We've seen that. Absolutely. The league's going to promote it. Look at what guys like Pat Mahomes has done this year. It's going to be offensive-driven. So, head coaches, if you're going to go that route, get an offensive-minded head coach. So, that I do agree with. I think he would be, like I said, he was a good offensive coordinator, a decent offensive coordinator. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with his past. I just know, you know, Dolphins. Right. Um, but from what I know about what happened last year in Miami, players were revolting against him. He lost that respect bad, huh? to his players. I mean, he traded away Jay Ajay, For Jarvis nothing. Landry. Like, he traded these guys away because they didn't respect him. They they didn't, you know. Yeah, that's what's funny is when we got a job, we, we were told he was some kind of problem. Yeah. But according to Peterson and everyone and, and everyone in the Eagles locker room, he's a great guy to have in the locker room. Yeah, well, and that's another. Yeah, but it's not just about players could love you, but they need to respect you. Especially if you're a coach, yeah. let alone a player. Like, everyone, lo- like a lot of players, a lot of the guys, like Jamal Adams and all, they were saying, oh, we love Todd Bowles, we love Todd Bowles. Don't blame him, the loss on him. I'm like, well we're going to someone's got to take the heat like someone take it if you want to stand up right now and, and and say it's your fault and that bull shouldn't be fired go right ahead and and, and say it but he's got to do something that, so who are you eyeing in the draft for the new york jets because that's primarily Ooh. i don't want to say it's primarily where they need to make their moves but if they're going to build around donald you're going to want somebody that you can retain for a long time well they got the number three right now but they always go defense now i have to look at I the think, but that's the thing, they always go defense. Always go I defense. think they're switching it up now. I, I, I would think. I would think. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the college players for the most part. I know there's a couple of like QBs and defensive linemen that are there. You know, the Jets just have so much to do. I mean, they, they have to up that offensive line a little bit. They got to get a running back, you know, receiver. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to do. They do gotta, need another D lineman. You got to rebuild your whole offense at yeah. this point. It's it's going to be an overhaul, but. Like Scott had said, it's a very important offseason. We have a lot of money to spend. A lot of people are thinking, Le'Veon Bell, if you offer him enough money, I think he'll do it. Here's here's actually, uh, I, wa- I want to get into this. I wanted Because I'm actually kind of fascinated by the whole Le'Veon Bell situation. Right. Excuse me. Um, we were talking about sabermetrics in baseball. Okay. The uh, wins over replacement, mm-hmm. right? Um. When I look at the the Pittsburgh Steelers had a very interesting situation this offseason with Le'Veon Bell, who refused to come into camp until he got his money. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Compared to James Conner, their numbers weren't different. They had the same rushing yards per game. They, they, they had the same record, like literally identical numbers. And correct me if I'm wrong, James Conner proved he can compete in the NFL. Oh, without question. Without question. But So here's my thing. I think if you're looking at, at it strictly from a GM's perspective, mm-hmm. I feel the Steelers did the right thing in not breaking the bank for Le'Veon Oh, no, Bell. I was fine with that. Yeah. I mean, Bell wants to get paid because, you know. He this deserves is, to get paid. This is his livelihood. This he is des- his life. Yeah, no, he deserves to get paid. I'm not saying Le'Veon Bell doesn't deserve to get paid. I'm mm-hmm. just saying I understand why the Steelers didn't pay him. Because no. they basically had you a can, rookie contract Le'Veon Bell in You can James understand Connor. both ends of it. You can understand Definitely. why Bell wanted to get paid, but you can understand why the Steelers felt that they didn't need to because they had Connor. But now here's my – so you, are, are you saying why should the Jets go after a guy like No, Bell no, no. I, I wanted to say is like don't you think that that sabermetrics from baseball is going to start bleeding into other sports? It already has. 
You I know? think it already has, especially with football. I think it already has. Yeah, because I'd think... have to imagine. Essentially, what the Steelers must have done was look at win above replacement. Well, another big thing with football is they have the salary cap. Yeah, that's so, like, true, they too. they have to take that into account, mm. too. But it already has begun. You know, well, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul De Podesta, who yeah. was a big part of Moneyball. Yep. Was I, I don't know if he's still there. I believe he is. I could be wrong. He left the job with the Mets. I believe he was with the Mets. To go work for the Cleveland Browns. I forgot about those. Yeah. So like, and look I at think, the and look at the Browns this year. Yeah, I think we're starting to wow. see that. Browns are going to be a surprise next year. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not even calling it a surprise. The Browns are going. That's think? a weak division. The Browns right. are on the come up. Everyone else is hey, trending I to, down. I would love to see them, except for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looks all right. He didn't look good. Though. He looks so. I, I'm giving him the all right. All right. He's a 21 year old quarterback. He's, he's got a lot kid. to figure he's out. He's got a lot. Yeah, he's got a lot to learn. But he did pretty well. Uh, not in the the playoff game. Let's not talk about. With that. the exception of the fourth quarter. He had a good fourth quarter. Yeah, but the previous three. Were, <laughs> you do need to play had, well for he had three quarters. Twenty-five passing yards through the first three quarters. That's not good at all. <laughs> Definitely not. But, yeah, but I think I think the Jets should go after Le'Veon Bell, I and think I they think they should, they should break the bank for Le'Veon Bell because you've got you've got Donald on his rookie contract for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. There's really nobody around. You're pay- like, who are you paying right now? Who's getting the money? Uh, Tremaine Johnson's getting money. Avery Williams getting money. Anunwa's now getting money. And are you really breaking bank for all of them? Or are they making about league average for their positions? Um, I'm speaking from a place where I don't know what any of them are making, so I need your help. I don't know their exact numbers specifically. I think Tremaine Johnson, after the season that he kind of put together with his lack of uh, attendance in some meetings or showing up late or whatever, hmm. it's kind of like a waste of money there. He's got talent, but he made a lot of stupid penalties, a lot of yep. sports my conduct penalties, which annoyed the fuck out of me. Those are the worst. I know. Those you, are the worst. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, when you're a veteran like that, you got to know. When the whistle's blown, keep your fucking hands to yourself. Like Jamal Adams, he, he's got a voice. He's got a mouth on him, but he, he's got leader written all over him. And yep. I, I love Jamal Adams. I love Jamal Adams. I'm so glad that we have him because that kid is going to be, like, he could be the next, like, Troy Polamalu or something. You think so? I mean, it's possible. We don't, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. You see the potential. I see the potential. All righty. Well, Pat, we uh, we got to wrap this up soon. Yep. Um, we've been we've been at it for quite a while here. Yep. Let everybody know where they can find you and what's in store. All right. Well, I mean, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both usernames Milano Cookies with a Z fifty six. Um, what's in store is is you know with the off season coming to a close, spring training starting right around the corner. A lot of the posts you're going to see from me are going to be baseball related. I just feel the most comfortable with that. That's my sport. That's what I love. That's what I know. I'll write some football in there, maybe a little hockey, but it's mostly going to be baseball for me. Um, the next big thing that you'll probably see from me after the recent Kyler Murray uh, article. Which is up on the end of the bench.com yeah. right now. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. When are they going to go? It's going to happen this week. Hell yes. I think it's going to happen this you week. You think it's happening this week? I think it's happening. All right, Pat Milano's calling it. Machado, wait, are you saying both, one, or both Both are both, happening this week? I think both are going to sign within, well, not this, within the week. Within not the from, week. Not like Saturday is going to happen. I'm saying within seven days week. from today. Seven days from today, I think Bold you are going to see Bryce Harper and Manny Machado with new teams. All right, boys and girls, you heard it here first. Pat Milano taking his shots. You can find him on the end of the bench.com. Uh, Milano Cookies. 56. 56 on Twitter and Instagram. And Instagram. And Instagram. All right. We'll see you later. Pat, thanks for coming on. Nick, thank you very much. I look forward to uh, doing this again sometime. Soon. Oh, we will. Very soon. Before, uh, before opening day. Awesome. We'll get Sounds perfect. Day. All right.